Welcome to Mainstream Modular, a podcast presented by Gurdon. Hey there, welcome to the Mainstream Modular podcast brought to you by the experts at Gurdon. I'm Hillary Kennedy. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Uh, you know, this episode begins with the affordable housing crisis here in the U.S. You know, the single family home industry has historically done a great job rising to that demand, but now we're seeing that same ramp up in commercial modular to combat the affordability, volume, and those labor issues that we keep facing. So our goal today is to discuss commercial modular's momentum. I think you're really going to enjoy hearing from our guest because he has seen it all in his impressive career. Joe Ulencott, he's the business development manager for Gurdon. He has 25 years of manufactured construction experience, including insight from tiny homes, manufactured and modular homes, and commercial vertically construction buildings. He also has a wife, four children, and from the sound of it, a really packed schedule. So thanks for taking the time to join me on the show today, Joe. Hillary, thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, you are very busy, um, but I want to start by going back in time a little bit and start with your background, um, because you were part of that surge of single-family home manufacturing back in the late 90s, kind of the early 2000s, back when the the manufacturing facilities, they were all over the country and they were opening more and more to, to meet that demand. So I want to know what got you involved back then and why was there such a high demand at that time? So... It's one of those things you fall into. I finished my secondary education and I was like, oh my goodness, now what? What am I going to do? And I had some family in the business and they said, hey, have you considered manufactured homes? And I just like never really heard of it. And I'm like, homes on wheels? Like I seen them go down the freeway. <laughs> what is this? And, and so uh, I was like, you know, why not? I didn't know what I was going to do at that point. And so jumped into it. Basically, on the, started out in the retail side for a few months. And what really captured me and pulled me into this industry is I was working on the ground level uh, with people uh, that just had a, a real need for affordable housing. So it, it became more than a job. It was like, wow, there's really people that need help getting affordable housing because uh, in the site-built construction world, you know, cost of housing, even back then, uh, you know, depending on the markets where you're at, but uh, supersede a lot of people's incomes for affordable housing that uh, kind of trap people's incomes and, and where they could go. So this was an avenue to provide a, a way for people to have better lives, to, to live where they want. Um, and so really kind of just captured my my heart to, wow, I'm really helping somebody. It became more than a job as like, well, I'm, I'm really providing value. Uh, so, so that's what got me excited and what, what started me. Uh, and then from that retail experience, uh, you know, it's like, well, what else is there? And, and within a few months, one of the manufacturing facilities said, Hey, uh, you know, we have a need for some more help. And, and so I went and jumped in on the wholesale side. So that way I could serve more people, more markets. Um, and, and basically started here in Idaho. And, you know, worked in markets in Washington, Oregon, Idaho, Montana, Wyoming. So that was kind of my first foray into the, to the industry, providing affordable housing, uh, to all these retail outlets to provide housing to, uh, individual customers. Well, I love that this is more than just a business for you. It sounds like you really, truly enjoy helping people and, and working with companies that are helping people. That's real. That's very unique. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, so do you do you so, see any parallels between how the market was then and, and kind of where it's going now? So in that industry, uh, in the late nineties, uh, it was growing, um, and then into the early two thousands, they every manufacturing said we are way behind production. Uh, pipelines were growing substantially. So, you know, they had to double capacity. So they were building multiple factories, some just across the street from their own factories um, to, to keep up with this. Um, and, 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 and just because there was such a need for affordable housing and, and really manufactured housing was just a small percentage of all housing built in the United States at that time. Um, and so it was starting to catch more momentum. Um, and, and it's, and if, even if you, watch it from then to where it is today. I mean, a lot of these companies are now bigger companies. They've gone public, like uh, Capco, um, uh, Clayton, uh, that's also under the Warren Buffett name. So, I mean, big investors have looked at these companies going, wow, there's some real value here in what these guys can provide. Uh, and these companies have grown tremendously just because out of the need to necessitate helping people find housing, uh, you know, that's affordable to, to do that. So, and, and how that translates to, to today. So that, that type of housing, you know, we saw it more successful in the rural markets. So where it was harder to get products out into, uh, not so much in the city, but into the rural country, uh, you know, where, where there's definitely more need for affordability. Uh, and it's harder to get construction crews and such into mass quantity into these markets. So, so that's where we saw that, that really grow and springboard. And then we, as we saw these bedroom communities pop up, uh, again, more affordability outside of these, these big urban cities, you would see these communities where they would build these communities and put more affordable housing. Uh, and I did a lot of work down in the Southwest where they did that in California, down in Arizona, out of the, just outside of Phoenix, where you saw these types of communities, uh, really grow this. That way, people didn't have these long commutes, uh, you know, and still could serve into some of those uh, bigger markets. Well, it's interesting. You know, you were talking about uh, providing the affordable housing to rural communities. And I, I worked with a girl who was moving to a very rural part of Kansas. And that's exactly what they did is they they looked into and decided on a manufactured home. And what I thought was so fascinating about it is I thought, well, aren't these very simple floor plans with not very many options. And she was explaining, no, you know, over the years, they've really grown and grown and grown. And now um, they used to be very simple, but now they have a, a wide array of floor plans being offered. You know, they've gotten a lot more complex, but the opposite pattern is kind of true in your commercial work um, here later in your career, because I think, you know, when you begin working for Gurdon, they were building very highly custom projects but then in order to meet the demand for affordability, things are kind of moving into a, a simpler direction, right? You know, would you mind elaborating on that a little bit? Sure. And so just to give a comparison, when when I first started in the housing industry, it was very simple. Like you said, it was what color carpet you get, brown or green, that's it. I mean, it was going <laughs> back to those days. Uh, and then, of course, the project got more sophisticated to hit more markets, uh, different niches. Um, and so it really grew and blossomed. And I think that's why the, the industry grew because it met more needs to more customers. Um, and then in the modular, what we're seeing today, when we first started out, or when Gurdon first started out in, in the modular, it was very customized. Everything was very custom. 
um, which, you know, has a lot of, of challenges and takes a lot more time and energy uh, going through that process. And as we are growing, we have to find better ways to become more efficient, uh, to drive more cost savings. And so one of the things we're trying to do is, as we grow our business here is to become more standardized. And so in, in the manufactured housing, even though it's sophisticated and there's more options, it still is, you know, here's your, you know, 10, 12, 14 floor plans that meets different family needs. Um, and, and so it goes from there. Whereas in our industry, it's just bring us a plan and then let's, let's develop it. But it takes a lot of time and energy to do that. And so where it's starting to transition, where we see that we can provide better solutions is we have a more standardized product line, meaning here's, here's your pretty prototypical studio, your one bedroom, one plus one, two bedrooms, three bedroom units. And so we can now take a mix and match of those plans uh, from a commercial multifamily apartment and then build that up from, from, from the ground with more efficiency, more uh, standardization, more cost uh, driven projects. Uh, that really provides solution to a customers and, and and backing up just a little bit where we're talking about affordable single family housing helps in the rural communities. It's kind of the opposite with, with commercial. Uh, you don't see these projects in rural markets. You see these in the urban markets. So it's bringing the ur- affordability into the urban core, uh, where again, like you said, there is a crisis for affordable housing. And so it's just a different way of, of bringing a solution. You're right. It's so badly needed in those areas. And it's, it's nice, like you're saying, to, to be able to simplify, but have something be much more efficient. Because I think, uh, as we've all felt with the supply chain issues over the past year, efficiency is really on everybody's mind right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. yes. Well, and before you worked for Gurdon, you oversaw the development of a park model product line. Um, and that has some big similarities to ADUs that are in demand right now. So can you talk a little bit about the similarities and, and what you think of the current ADU trend? Um, how would you say that's affecting the industry? So 15 years ago, you started to hear the tiny house movement. And so it kind of was just a small rumbling, people trying to simplify. Uh, and, and so it kind of grew out of that. So park models, especially down in Arizona, uh, it was kind of a product that was, they're less than 400 square feet. Uh, it is one bedroom, one tiny kitchen, small little living room. Not a whole lot to it. I mean, today's typical master bedroom <laughs> might, or living room might be what, what you would try to fit all that into. Uh, so it was a more simplification, but that was a product that was driven out of retirees or people that wanted to get away to little vacation spots, didn't want to have to invest a whole lot. And so compacted this into this very efficient little model uh, called a uh, park model. And what was always unique about that is, especially in the retirement community in Arizona, I always saw this progression of people who start out, they retire, they get into a motorhome, they do that for a year or two, and they're like, yeah, I don't want to be driving around <laughs> the country yeah. that much. That's exhausting. Two, they go into a park model, and so they it's like, well, this is the next progression. Let's find a place that's more permanent in the sun, belt area, wherever it's warm, and, and enjoy ourselves. And after about a year or two, I think they get cabin fever because two people living in 400 square feet, you, you get to know each other. <laughs> Very <real> well. well. <laughs> so, so then they would grow into basically from that stage, we'd watch and see how they would go into a manufactured home, uh, something a little bit more spacious, but in a community that's affordable in an area. So 
just kind of watching that transition. But again, that is just part of that that tiny house movement. And then since then, I would say in the last five years, we've seen ADUs get more momentum where you can provide a single little smaller unit on somebody's property. Uh, again, it's kind of a tiny house, park model type concept, uh, but it, it gives them space. Uh, and a lot of cities are now looking very favorably into this because uh, they're just trying to find ways to tackle affordable housing. So by allowing uh, these units, and ADU stands for uh, an accessory dwelling unit. and uh, So it's a secondary unit that can be put on your property uh, to ease the burden uh, of, of people having to commute, uh, finding affordable housing. So people are using this in different communities. They're, they're really catching on in the bigger cities. Uh, we're seeing it in Salt Lake City and Seattle, Los Angeles, San Francisco. So we're, we're seeing this is another big trend. Um, and so it's one of the things that we've looked at as part of our product line offering that, that we're putting out there that one, it helps keep our lines busy and our production lines busy, uh, that we can fill in between other projects, but it also provides a solution. And so it's, it's something we've invested into here recently. I've heard a lot of chit chat about people using these, uh, building, you know, these on their property as like a mother-in-law suite, you know, cause so many people have their in-laws come live with them later in life. Have you seen a lot of that? Yes. In fact, <laughs> I think the term is grandma, oh. <laughs> uh, grandmother quarters right. or something like that. Uh, and, and, you know, though it, it does provide a pretty awesome solution when you think about the affordability of, of putting somebody in a senior community, um, you know, versus the cost of buying one of these units. They're still somewhat independent, but still has a place to live, but close to family, but not right inside the home. So it's kind of, it fills a void, but it also provides affordability at the end of the day. So that, that's where we've seen that gain a lot of momentum too. And so that's that's a very valid point. That's actually where a lot of the those units have really started out as, and then has now developed into a subsidiary of affordable housing. Right. I, I wished my, my mom had had one of those when I graduated from college, so I could have lived at home a little longer, but still had my own space <laughs> instead of being back in my own childhood bedroom. Uh, so because of your great work, you were given a chance to work at Gurdon. I would love to know how that came about and why you decided to make the move. We lived in Idaho most of our lives, moved down to Arizona, kind of a new chapter in our lives. Uh, and lived down there for 16 years. Loved it. Loved the warm weather. Um, but, you know, as your families get older and uh, your mom and dad are get, getting older, needing more help, uh, we thought, let's look for an opportunity to come back to Idaho and, and, and be close to family. And I figured it'd be a great place to raise our four children at that time because it's it's a smaller town feel, uh, just different values and, and, st- and, and those things of that nature. Uh, we came down uh, and talked to one of the guys that said, hey, if you ever get an opportunity to work for Gurdon, you should take it. They've been doing modular longer than anybody. Uh, they've got a good reputation and name. And so when an opening came out, I raised my hand immediately and <laughs> said, hey, I'd love to talk to you. Uh, you know, and they said, well, you've got a lot of single family housing experience, but how is that going to translate to commercial? And I'm like, oh. Look, I had to, I have to learn somewhere, and and I'll learn uh, this just as much as 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 the commercial side. And so we uh, came up, checked out the facility, and I mean, my eyes were just like, 
when I walk through the factory because from single family housing to commercial, the product is just, it's like, like single family homes on steroids. It's just so built, so strong and stout because it has to be stacked four or five stories high. Uh, just a completely different product. So when that opportunity came open, I was like, wow, I am going to learn something so new and so fantastic. And, and, and that back then, even seven, eight years ago when I started, modular commercial was still pretty new. Not a lot of people. I mean, it's, it's been around a long time, but not a lot of people have been utilizing it, especially in the Western, uh, US, um, in this area. So it's like, Hey, there's an opportunity to really grow this. And knowing that the need of affordable housing was going in, in single family and how that was starting to fill up and being met, I saw the real raw potential of, of commercial. Uh, multifamily fill in that void as well. Now, when when I started, that was also when hospitality was very hot. And, and so Marriott's and Hilton's were looking, how do we figure out how to build more hotel units? Um, so I fell into that role at, initially at the start, doing a lot of hospitality work. Marriott, as you know, has very strict standards. Uh, I mean, they selected a hundred different factories and they only settled on two uh, Gurdon being one of them, uh, to build a lot of their hotels. So we've built about 25 hospitality projects since then and, and for Marriott's and the Hilton's of the world uh, and, and seen a lot of success there. And obviously, but multifamily is where we're really seeing the traction right now. Well, it sounds like when you decided to accept the position with Gurdon, you did have, there was a learning curve there coming from single family home to commercial multifamily projects. What would you say was some of the were some of the major differences as a business development person working in commercial multifamily versus your history with single uh, single family? So in, in the single family, uh, your main duty was to get the right inventory into a retailer's location, make sure the product mix fit their demographics, and then you know so that they had good sales. Uh, and, and basically, they would just turn in an order; they'd give you the, the, the options. You would make, translate that information to the factory floor. Uh, they would build it. And within 30 days, you had a single family shipping to the job site. And uh, in another 30 days, families living in it. Very quick turnaround. <laughs> when I came here, uh, it is a tremendous amount of energy and time. Uh, it really takes a team to, to build these projects. These projects go not 60 days. They go you know 12 months to 24 months because of all the pre-planning that has to go into it. Uh, you have to work with an architect team, a general contracting team, uh, and then work with our team. Now, internally in our own team, we have our own architect disciplines, our project management that works with the general contractors. So it is this whole huge team of people. So it's, it's taking that same concept of, of manufacturing, but involving a full team into the process. So it's really understanding that process uh, over communicating, uh, so that everybody understands their clear roles, uh, because it is hybrid construction, um, in, in this, this world. So it is gaining more popularity, but you have to really dot your I's, cross your T, or yeah, cross your T's, uh, to get this process going and, and to become very efficient. So it's, it's definitely more involved, especially when you find that a developer's done one or a general contractor's done one, that's always the learning curve. That definitely takes the energy and the time. Once they've done one, the second and third go so much easier. And, and, and that's where we've had our success is, is a lot of these 
gentlemen, after they've got their first one under their belt, uh, they will do another one and it goes so much smoother and easier. Um, the, the other big thing I, I learned from the, the switch, uh, you know, we're always about quality. And just because it's affordable housing doesn't mean the quality is any, is any less, uh, all the same care and patience. In single family, all the quality checks were done at the very end of the line uh, in that process. When I came over to the, the garden side, we have quality checks at every station. There's a report that's filled out, you know, and if there's a blemish, anything that has to be taken care of, it's corrected, it's addressed. Uh, who did the reinspection? There's four levels of inspection. I've never seen anything like it. Like, wow, the, the amount of energy and time and quality that goes into this uh, was fantastic. So it was like, hey, I'm going to talk about this because when I do factory tours, because it's unheard of. You you didn't see it in the industry. And so it just takes it a step above and beyond. Well, that's so fantastic when you get to work with a team of people who are being so meticulous, they really take pride in their work. Uh, and it sounds like that's who you work with is a team of people who really value that. I would love to know if you have a, a specific story or you can think of a specific project where you and your team work together to really make it a success because it, it definitely takes a village to make something like this come together. There's a lot of projects. They've all, <laughs> they've all had their own story. They're all unique. Uh, I would say that one that comes to mind, uh, we, we had a project that came to us um, and we were still in the early stages. Uh, again, it was hospitality. Uh, it was down in Los Angeles, uh, prevailing wage uh, job. And so it became very costly. So they, they were looking for other solutions. And uh, it was a Marriott. And what was unique about this is it was dual brand, meaning it had a two different hotels built into one building. So, uh, you know, most of our hotel projects and our, our multifamily, they're usually 100, 150 units, uh, you know, a decent sized project. This was bigger than anything we've ever seen. Uh, it was 350 uh, suites uh, on one property, five stories. And so created a lot of challenges because you're trying to mix and match two different product lines all within the same same time frame. Now, the developer was getting property from the city. And so there was time frames. There was all kinds of instances that had to be hit. And that was one of the big successes for modulars because it does speed things up uh, that gave this guy, the uh, developer, the opportunity to, to make this project a success. Uh, you know, 354 suites uh, was basically completed in 12 months uh, from groundbreak to finish. Uh, and, and the beauty of it was, you know, the, the realized time savings that this project presented to them. Uh, they had 10, 12, excuse me, 12 months of time savings. Uh, which brought about $10 million in gross revenue to the project. So uh, even from that that perspective, it, what it really did is added a lot more value to the project. That's pretty incredible to have that many units done in 12 months. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's just completion. Uh, the, the actual build time was probably about 90 days to, to build all those units within the factory itself. Wow. So, the completion on site took it to that full 12 month duration, which still saved them a, a year in time savings, what traditional construction could have presented. That is so impressive. Well, you, so you've been fully immersed in commercial modular for quite a while now. Mm -hmm. We've touched on this a little bit, but 
How would you say that the current state of the industry is reminiscent of that breakout back in the single family days? Because we, we are seeing factories just kind of opening up left and right, uh, and it's been hard to keep up with the demand. Yeah, as our backlog is filling up, uh, we're definitely seeing more factories pop up, not just in the Western U.S., but all across. I mean, Midwest, we're seeing several locations open up, East Coast, uh, and that's fantastic because we need it. We can't do it all, and, and we need more partners uh, and players uh, in this industry because it's where the future is going. I mean, you you hear about all the labor issues out there, cost of materials, and the inflation that's going on in, in the the U.S. currently. We have to find better ways to deliver products uh, on a timely basis, uh, more efficient, more cost effective, to bring affordability back to to the general population. So. Uh, we're definitely seeing that growth. And uh, just like then, it, it mimics what we saw probably in the early 2000s with the single family housing. It's just now translated to a full scale uh, with the multifamily. So definitely look forward to it. And then if you take it even a step further, uh, look at some of the um, international companies, uh, con uh, countries like China, uh, and there's some European companies. Australia, they've been doing this a long time in the commercial, and really you'll see that they're actually doing more of that than traditional construction. So it's actually, they're years ahead in, in some ways. And so we're just basically catching up to, to that same mode and seeing that's going to be the future of construction. That's really neat. It's exciting to see where it's going. Um, and I I know we, we just talked about a project that you had on the West Coast. I want to ask just a couple of fun questions to end with. Is there a, a project that really stands out in your mind from your career that, that made a lasting impression on you? Because it sounds like you've really enjoyed helping people, helping individuals, working for companies that are doing that and, and making affordable housing a reality for so many people. So can you think of a time or a project that, you know, really meant something to you? So, you know, probably recently we just enrolled on a project in Colorado. It's affordable housing. And, you know, as you know, there is a huge homeless problem out there. And so this is a developer that's working to get some transitional housing uh, in the ground, uh, you know, that really provides that. And, and, and what's what we're seeing out there is uh, a lot of these cities are trying to figure out how do we provide solution to get housing, to get people off the streets, uh, you know, to give them comfort. And so, you know, the cities are putting energy into this. And what they're doing is they're like, well, we can't go through the normal channels and do this and take two to three years to build it. So they're looking at, hey, modulars, there's an opportunity here. And so we're seeing more and more of that every day. And so it gives us that opportunity to help people because we can get these projects, you know, six months, eight months, 12 months down the road and get people, you know, taken care of. So we're starting to get more and more of that affordable housing element built into uh, our product lines. And so that's what we're excited about. And it, it's like you said, it's really helping people at the end of the day. So, um, you know, it's one of those things you you go home at night and you feel good about what you did um, and what your what your product can really provide people. I love that. That's uh, that's an encouragement. And I, I love that the industry is moving in that direction, finding those solutions for people, especially in places like you mentioned, like Colorado, where it really has become a problem. And so it's it's providing a solution that hasn't been there before. So I think that's so exciting. Well, Joe, thank you so much for taking time today to share about your career and giving us some industry insight. I, I don't know when you sleep because you have so many projects going on and four kids. <laughs> 
<laughs> but hopefully, hopefully you get some some downtime because you're you're doing big things. And I, I love that you got to share with us about those today. Well, thank you so much. Appreciate getting to share. And uh, we look forward to working with people, helping them, um, providing solutions. So, Hillary, thank you for, for sharing uh, the information with everybody Absolutely. else. Absolutely. Thank you, Joe. And I want to thank everybody else for tuning into this episode of Mainstream Modular brought to you by Gurdon. If you like what you heard, you can check out more episodes of the show by subscribing on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you like to get your podcasts. And we'll be back with another episode soon, so watch for that. But until then, I have been your host, Hillary Kennedy. Thank you so much for joining us. 